As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Four-man rush. Fields. Stepping up. Sidearm sling. He's got a connection. There goes Montgomery, who lost the football. And the Cowboys have it. It's Parsons on top of it. Parsons on the move, and Micah Parsons is in! It's the escape up the field. Really nice job right there by Justin Fields finding David Montgomery. Leighton Vanderash with the strip. And Justin Fields hops over Micah Parsons. And I don't think he was ever touched. Pollard, nice move by Tony Pollard for a first down. Here's Pollard. Sure enough, a first down and more. Welcome to the big show, Tony Pollard, his third touchdown of the day. Three touchdown days. Zeke Elliott doesn't have a three touchdown rushing game in his NFL career. Tony Pollard did it on the big stage today. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them, Cowboys, indeed. Feels great to come on here after games and talk about a Cowboys win. We get to do it again this week on this episode of About Them Cowboys, this post-game episode of About Them Cowboys. Cowboys 6-2 and two headed into the bye week, crushing the Bears today at Jerry World. Father John Mishota was there to witness it all. We'll get his report. And we've got KT Fun Tweets here to host everything. I'm Kent producing so uh welcome in to this about them cowboys and uh, sod not here make sure you're subscribed to our youtube and also theathletic.com slash about them cowboys get you that discount to the athletic because we're going to have some great bi-week analysis headed your way on the athletic this week check it out theathletic.com slash about them cowboys welcome in kt welcome back i should say yes dude thank you for uh for having me once again and father john i know uh, as we record this on Sunday night, another noon game. They went ahead and opened the roof for this one so God could watch Tony Pollard run through the Bears' defense. Uh, what a weird, fun, just different game than anything we've really seen uh, so far this year, right? It was, and you know, that's one of the first uh, – I shouldn't. I bet you there's been others, but – they don't open the roof very much at noon games, and you could tell why, because the sun was just beaten down on half the stadium. Like, <laughs> it was, like, right in their eyeballs for probably the first half, and that was on the Bears' side. So uh, I'm sure that Cowboys fans don't mind that. But, uh, yeah, doors and roof open. That's, uh, I want to say the Cowboys are about 500 when that happens, so it's not like there's some advantage there. Uh, a lot of Bears fans. I guess that should be expected after that many Lions fans were in the building last week. Um, as you guys know from our last podcast, Kent was looking forward to the Bears winning and being able to put me basically talking down about the Bears as the lead into this show. That obviously won't be happening. because <laughs> It did not happen, no. Let's be honest. The Bears are just, they're okay. I, I don't think they're bad. They're just, they're, they're okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It depends. I guess it's all about how, like, on a curve, like how many teams you think are bad. So, uh, they ran all over the Cowboys. That was probably the most concerning thing. 
but I still think this defense is 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 one of the best in the league, and they showed that when they needed it most, and particularly Michael Parsons. I mean, this team goes kind of like Micah goes. Micah plays well, the Cowboys usually win. Yeah, I was kind of sitting there at the end of that thing going, man, I don't think we need to have Micah out there right now, up by 20 <laughs> with five minutes left of the game. Can we get him off the field? Um, but I, I think the other story, let's talk about the offense. You come out four for four. I really loved what they did on the first series, first play of the game. Just a quick quick ball to Michael Gallup. Like, let's get him going, get his confidence going and things like that. But, but the story on offense is – Dak orchestrating the offense. I think a lot of things you could say about uh, Kellen Moore. Let's not act like the Bears are a great defense or anything like that. But it's four straight offensive series and, you know, Tony Pollard again proving how dynamic he can be. Just an incredible day for him. Three touchdowns and uh, 14 carries. We didn't get to see that 20-carry game. But, you know, I think think that's – it's interesting. Malik Davis played well in, in spots. It's a pretty flawless day offensively outside of yeah. Dak's interception before the half, right? If, if Dak didn't throw that interception, I probably would give him an A, A minus for that game. Uh, because of that, I'd say B plus. I thought he played pretty, pretty good. I, I thought he looked a lot better than he did the week before with his hit, which was his first game back from the fractured thumb. There was that moment where he ran out of bounds and got his left hand stepped on. And you're just kind of like, Man, it just seems like if it's not one thing, it's the other. Um, but having him run obviously opened up uh, some other things. And and I just wonder how much we'll see of that going forward. You, you need him to be healthy as possible. Uh, but I still think that there's still room for a calculated two, three, four runs a game to just kind of keep the defense honest in certain situations. But yeah, you're right. Tony Pollard, I mean, I thought he was going to run pretty well. I did not think he was going to go for... 130 yards and three touchdowns on only 14 carries. Uh, he was incredible. And Mike McCarthy said after the game, you know, there's that talk of, you know, Zeke now, you know, out is Tony, the new number one uh, McCarthy called them saying that they have two number ones, um, which reminded me a lot of when going into a couple seasons last season and the season before that, how they said they have three number one wide receivers. Cause the last thing they want are, you know, any type of controversy unless, it comes to the quarterback, and then Jerry welcomes a QB controversy. But Jerry wanted nothing to do with talking about anything but Zeke being their lead dog after the game. I mean, it was, we're going to go as Zeke goes. You know, there was no talk of, I would love to have a running back controversy. He made it very clear that Zeke is their guy, and they'll go as far as he can carry them. But uh, And that sounds good, but I don't know how you watch that game and not think that Tony Pollard's not going to continue to be a huge part of this offense. Let's be honest, the way he breaks off some of these big runs – that's not just elite for the Cowboys. If you only watch, that's elite on the NFL level. There aren't many backs breaking off the huge runs like he has. Not over the last two or three years. Yeah, and there's and there's honestly multiple years of evidence of those. Even though because of the way things are kind of structured around here, where he doesn't have the same amount of attempts uh, that Zeke would get, we have multiple years of evidence showing that hey man, his his advanced statistics will show you. Running in between the tackles, breaking tackles, yards after contact, like things like that that show you, okay, you should probably be getting the ball more. I have no interest in a running back controversy discussion. We don't need to have that when you just won 49 to 29. Uh, I have my issues if that costs you a playoff game in January. I have issues if that's the case and you have a 2010 or 18 to 8, you know, carries description. Uh, like that—that's where I kind of go. Eh, well, we should have done something about it, and we have last year to look at there, where I think you could probably just have that conversation. But you know, today, yeah, I mean, the offensive line. Well, let's have that credit. one. Hold on, let's see this real quick. I like, I like that. I like where you're going with that. Um, let's see. Last year against the 49ers, who obviously are a considerably better defense than this particular Cowboys. I mean, this particular Bears team. You had Zeke with 12 carries for 31 yards. Tony Pollard, four carries for 14 yards against those 49ers. I do think that the Cowboys would fare much better this year. I also don't think either of their backs go for over 100 yards against a, an elite playoff defense. Not yeah, right now. N- not, no, no, not in that, you know, not in that game last year that we're referencing either, you know, just, uh, but, but I think where I, where I'm, uh, what I think about is little things like this. I mean, right now, 
This is outside of today's game, right? So this is going into today's game. And you can look at, you know, Tony Pollard's numbers when it comes to just yards per carry, right? If we're just going to branch it out, that's what we're kind of talking about. And Tony Pollard's there as 12th in the league, 5.6 yards per carry. Zeke is 36th in the league at four yards per carry. Yeah, is that close? Absolutely. But the big difference there is that the more explosive plays are coming, you know, from Tony. It's fine. You still want Zeke. You need Zeke. It has nothing to do with it. You can, they can coexist. And by the way, both of those guys, very comfortable coexisting, which is maybe not the case in a place like Cleveland where Kareem Hunt's like, man, I don't know if this is good for me. And it's yeah. like, well, Nick Chubb might be the best running back in the league. But uh, if, if, I, I just don't know if like it's a narrative that wants to get out there and it's not important in week eight going into the bye week when Zeke needed to not play today. And I'm really glad that common sense ended up coming through and saying, let's get him as healthy as possible. Um, that's where I kind of, my head is, I was very proud <laughs> that that happened because I thought they were going to be stubborn and let him play. And there's no need for it. When you're this good, you're playing a team that's that bad and you're at home and then you got a bye week. It just would have been foolish. And you saw what Tony could do. We didn't see the 20-carry game. And I think there's some people who might say, man, he's got to show me he can tote the note. And I'm like, well, no one's really doing that in the NFL anymore anyways. Yeah. You don't have I, 20. Derrick Henry's 25. And even even they put Hilliard out there quite a bit to spell him at this point in his career. It's a one-two punch. The, the one-two one punch. The one, the one thing I will say that we didn't get to see very much of in this game is having to count on Tony Pollard consistently in as a as a pass blocker and that's because the bears pass rush isn't very good they hit Dak twice they sacked him once uh both qb hits were by brisker and gibson it's not like it's this don't i mean so losing robert quinn right before this game obviously didn't help that situation and like i said i mean brisker that's a safety he's the one that had the sack it's not like they had this daunting pass rush like you're gonna see most teams you'd face in the playoffs. And I think that's one of those areas where the Cowboys would prefer to have Zeke in some of those situations because of how well he is picking up blocks and, and, and doing some of those other things in the backfield. So I guess what I'm getting at is I really do think you need both. Now, if you want to tilt the carries one way or another, hey, that, that, that I'm open for that. But I, to just for anybody that thinks that they should just go full-time Tony Pollard now and Zeke is just like this backup running back that's going to get like five to seven carries – that's not happening, and I don't think that should happen. Let's go back to Dak running for a second. I mean, something Jerry had asked about, and uh, or he had uh, made a comment about last week. And so, five carries for Zach, uh, for Dak. You have the the touchdown run. Well, I, I think what you said earlier about two, three, four carries a game is a good number. I think what's important to me moving forward is that it's not all in the red zone, because that that'll get predictable real quick around the league. If you break that out all the time, you know, inside the 10-yard line. That call today was beautiful. That was a great play, and it was great to see because you want to see Dak get comfortable running again, which I think he is. I I just think, you know, he's got that mindset of I'm a passer. I'm trying to make plays down the field before I run. But a design play like that was great to see, and I hope they break that out at the 50-yard line, and I hope they break that out all over the field because I think that'll kind of keep things – you know, a little unpredictable, but very, very happy with that. And I, and I think that's something it's, it's one of those things. It's like, well, Jerry said it, it happened, but it, it's, it's definitely something they've been talking about doing and kind of been wanting to do. Keep in mind, this is just Dak's third game of the year, right? Yeah. Well, they were, it's funny too, because Jerry talked about wanting to see more read option than that. And when I think of <laughs> a play from this game, it was that two point conversion that the bears went for and that was a play where Matt Eberflus said after the game, the Bears head coach, that J- Justin Fields was supposed to read that and hand the ball off. Well, instead, he keeps it, and here comes Demarcus Lawrence completely unblocked and just rocks him. And obviously, Justin Fields is a good-sized quarterback, just like Dak. But regardless, you don't want your quarterback taking clean shots like that from from defensive end. So anytime you get into that RPO game, you have to you have to be – you have to be understanding that your quarterback's going to take some some shots. And I just get the sense that Jerry would like to see more of that. I don't know how much more Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy want to see of that. I think they're fine here and there. 
I don't think they want that to be a major part of the offensive game plan. I mean, exhibit A is him getting his left hand stepped <laughs> on, you know, and it's it's not ideal, right? I mean, your quarterback, your, your biggest investment, you want to protect it. It's like, okay, now he's got a little problem on his leg. Like, can he take a snap? Can he grip the ball, you know? That's the contrary of it is, is you know, him getting blown up. But also, I think Justin Fields ran for 60 yards today. So, yep. and it can be a big part of your offense too. Uh, you know, I think there's there's a big risk, but there's also a big reward involved. How concerning was that for you, Justin Fields, you know, running quite a bit? I mean, we knew he was going to run. He's an above average above average runner. He's in the, the Kyler and the Jalen Hurts category, you know. I mean, you won't see guys like him every week, but he's a great player. I mean, we they knew that coming in, and he showed why he's – uh, you know, almost a top 10 pick. So, I mean, you know, at, half, at halftime, David Montgomery and, and Khalil Herbert hadn't got anything on the ground. They were under, yeah. Each of those guys were not, they were under three yards of carry. It was just Justin Fields. So it's almost like the, the adjustment that you might have made to so down Justin Fields might have opened up some gaps elsewhere. Also, when you have a 20 point lead, you're not playing as aggressively against the run. And I think that was part of it too. Just the idea of like, yeah, the, the Maybe they're going to start throwing a little more to try to move the ball down the field a little bit faster to get back in the game, and that really happened. And so you kind of—I think it's a weird thing we're seeing in the, in the league in general—is teams get ahead, teams start staying back on defense, and they're like, "Here, you can run it." Clock runs out a little bit. Scoring across the league maybe goes down a little bit, <laughs> and you're kind of counting on guys. Can you make tackles? So I, Herbert had a couple of big runs, but I. I didn't walk away from today's game feeling any different about the run defense than I felt going in. The run defense is still the weak spot of the defense, and we all know that. I don't, f- I don't f- know that I feel – it wasn't alarming, I guess is what I would say. When you look at the score and it's 29 points, I wasn't alarmed by that. Yeah, it would have got alarming when – I mean, let's be honest, it did get a little bit. When they cut that deficit to 28-23, and then all of a sudden, hey, the Cowboys get the ball back, and I really thought that – Dak was pretty big on that following series. He had those back-to-back passes to Dalton Schultz. One I was on, I think, yeah. like third nine. That got them back going again. Pollard capped that drive with a touchdown, and boom, you answer right back. And then on that very next series, that's when it was the Micah fumble recovery return. I mean, and that just completely tilts momentum. If you don't have, let's say, let's say they go, let's say the Cowboys answer by going three and out, and they don't get that, you know, Micah Parsons – I mean, who knows? Maybe I still think the Cowboys oh, yeah. win, but it comes down to the end, and all of a sudden it's a close game. Montgomery doesn't fumble that ball. It's, it could be a totally different game. I mean, there's just a lot of similarities in this game and the Lions game for me. Both not good, if not. Okay. I think that they're, okay, we'll say they're bad, KT. Bad teams they're bad. That, <laughs> that Mike McCarthy and his coaching career has certainly had the upper hand against, and they hung around and made it interesting for a while. But ultimately, the better team pulled away. And, and in both games, I think the score looks a little bit worse than it probably really was in the game, even though I clearly think the Cowboys are better than both of those teams. Third down was a big emphasis this week. And Hold on real quick crucial. on that. Yeah. Mike McCarthy talked about that after the game, how, you know, he's, he said this multiple times, how, you know, you kind of in this league, he's he said for just his experiences, the things that you work on, usually see basically the fruits of the labor during that following week. So they've been really focusing these last few weeks on third downs. And that's great. But when I hear that, I'm just kind of like, so uh, are you not focusing on run defense? Or uh, so why does the run defense keep looking like this? It seems like that's... So, I mean, you can say that. You got to also have the players to execute it. And there's it takes some things more than others. But obviously, yeah, third down, you're right. Huge in this game. They were great. Well, well, I think the the drive you were just talking about, where it was 28-23, you know, that drive... It was a third and nine that played Schultz you were talking about when he hit him over the middle. And then it was a free play because they'd, they'd drawn a defensive lineman off sides. Right. Who it was. So, you know, that, that did change things. And who knows? Maybe you convert third and four. But on that third and nine, you hit Schultz, and that was huge. They got Turpin a carry on that drive, right. which is always fun. You know, and that's when, you know, but I, I look at the first drive and the post route to C.D. Lamb. You know, that was following – one of my least favorite plays in all of sports is the second and 10 handoff. I hate the second and 10 handoff. <laughs> it's It annoys me, and it happened. And then 
jacket CD lamb on the post route. And, you know, sure enough, it's seven, nothing, but those third downs were, were, were money. And if you're nailing your third downs, guess what? You probably win. Oh, and you probably almost put up a 50 burger like today. And that's where I kind of, uh, I I was thinking about, uh, just everything that, that happened leading up to getting here, like where we're at just, the offense struggled. They hadn't put up 30 points in a game. It all came together today, and then you get the bye week. It's like, oh man, we're kind of we're kind of flowing. I wish the bye week was actually a little bit later. Every team needs the bye week, you know. Whether you have it week six, week 14, week eight, whatever, everyone needs the bye week. I uh, couldn't help but kind of in my head go, let's kind of keep this thing rolling. We just got Dak back. Let's not take a breather. It just lines up with. How last year you could divide last year into two halves, and we've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast. And I was like, "Damn it! I wish the bye week was a few weeks away." Because Dak's back, we're rolling. We just got Michael Gallup going, and now we got to take a week off. I agree, but I also to just play devil's advocate. This going into this game, it's ninety minutes before kickoff. That's when they release. Both teams have to officially announce their inactives. This was the most notable inactives list for the Cowboys I can remember in a, in a while it's because you had, uh, obviously you had Zeke, but then you have Malik Hooker, Sam Williams, Tristan Hill, Noah Brown, and then Jabril Cox. And you're just like, damn, that's, you know, you're going to be looking for something out of like, okay, so I'm thinking, well, there's going to have to be something out of Jalen Tolbert. You know, he's going to get a start. There you go. First series out there. The rookie third round pick comes out there, gets the start. Jalen Tolbert's out there. He's probably going to get a couple targets in this game right nothing it was crazy no. like and then the other injuries i was going to talk about uh just with it being the buy is i still don't know that dalton schultz is all the way back he had a good game uh he's probably not going to be 100 percent all season but to get him a little bit of a breather there maybe a little rest on the knee i think that's a good time for that anthony barr leaves the game doesn't come back uh, i believe it was a hamstring so you'd like to have him back the, the positive to that, though, would be that you did get some playing time for Damone Clark, you know, a guy that when they drafted him, I think we had talked about it probably several times that, hey, this might be a red shirt for year for him. He might not get to play. So now you kind of get a, like a full week to try and maybe see where Anthony Barr is at. Maybe uh, if he's out for a little bit, you get Damone Clark a little bit back in there. And then Sam Williams, Williams just seemed like he was really hitting his stride. Then all of a sudden uh, he's out of this game. So. Yeah, you'd probably like maybe things to keep rolling, but there's also some positives to having the buy right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
outside of Jalen Tolbert, most everyone kind of stepped up and almost replaced the guys who were out. Like yeah. Dante Fowler played pretty well today. Yeah. Uh, and probably getting he some did. of those Sam Williams uh, uh, snaps. Mukwamu had a couple of uh, plays that were like, okay. And I know he's not like, filling in sp- specifically for Malik Cooker, but like a couple of plays to kind of replace that. And you, you kind of, you can kind of uh, branch that out across all the inactives. Damone Clark getting out there was great to see because um, no one really thought that was going to happen. I thought Kelvin Joseph had a couple uh, opportunities to make a play. He, he got uh, caught one time where he really didn't have any help and he was kind of on the wrong side, um, gave up a, a pass play. But, I mean, Bland, you know, like the Bears are weird because – you know, they're not going to really expose you very much yeah. through the air. <laughs> so it's hard to no, really get right. a read on that. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. It, it It's just such a strange team because there are things about their team, which was a lot of talk last week, you know, at the star about, you know, you, you got to see Jalen Hurts. And so a little bit of, you know, you kind of know what to do with Justin Fields. No, you don't, because Justin Fields doesn't have the weapons that Jalen Hurts has. I mean, the Eagles went out of their way to put weapons around him. There's no AJ Brown with the Chicago Bears. You know they're they're just not as explosive offensively like that, which aids obviously Jalen Hurts and and the success he's able to have. What did I think AJ Brown had three touchdown passes in the in in the f- catches in the first half this uh, today? Yeah, all on go routes. Uh, yeah, I mean just right up the field. Four actually touchdown passes over 25 yards for Jalen Hurts today, which. He was one away from the record, which is Dan Marino at five uh, touchdown passes in a game of over 25 yards. I mean, the Eagles looked explosive playing a weird Steelers team where Kenny yeah. Pickett is swimming for his dear life in a pool of sharks. I mean, right. it's like, it's very strange. Dude, the Eagles are going to go 10-0. Yeah. I mean, they've got a really good chance. They're, they've, they have the Thursday night short week game against Houston, and then they get the Commanders, who are weirdly 4-4, four and four. And then they're going to get after that. They're going to get the Sam Ellinger, uh, Ellinger or Ellinger. I never really knew Ellinger, Ellinger, uh, Colts. They're going to get them. Man, good chance to go ten. Crap. Then they get the Packers. It could be eleven and zero. <laughs> the Eagles got a chance to, to to do some really good damage here. And um, I want to say the Giants lost to Seattle in a game which I can tell you I got to John. I don't know. You probably didn't get to see much of that. You're working. You're in the locker room. You're writing. Uh, that Seahawks Giants game looked like two teams who don't need to be in the playoffs. I mean, that was very ugly. Uh, the Giants looked like trash today, and I think we're going to find out who they really are soon. That's not good. Bad team, not good. Who just happens to have a better record than you? So with the win today, the Cowboys are in second place in the division. And I know there's nothing more, uh, nothing you like more, John, than NFC East standings talk. Um, best best touchdown celebration of the year. Is that are we up for debate there? Yeah, man. I I said to someone after the game that I uh, I think that there were so many interesting things that were all over the map in this game that I never even got a chance to talk to Jake Ferguson or Dalton Schultz after the game about that. That was clearly planned out. They clearly had that roping uh, little deal ready to go. Uh, you could tell as soon as he fast. turned around, uh, Dalton Schultz started running and. Jake Ferguson got out the rope, started swinging her around. My first, that was great. My first thought was, not Dalton, like Hendershot, get down there or something. Like, we don't need yeah. Dalton Schultz doing bits with, with his knee. I don't know why I'm treating him like he's so fragile. I I'm love how he did the throw his hands up like, time, you know, yeah, like you yeah, do yeah. in the rodeo. Dude, and they- yeah. <laughs> That's what I loved about it. Like, I'm all for all kinds of crazy touchdown celebrations, but sometimes when you have five guys around and you do a long – 22nd thing and you're just trying to follow it <laughs> it's hard that one there's no mistake what that was and it was so planned because it was a five second thing <laughs> like it was like go down time up hands up over <laughs> it was so good and here's the other part about that that really stood out to me if you would have told me that i can't watch the game but in during this podcast you're gonna list all the things that happen and all the touchdowns and then you're going to tell me that I have to guess which one had the best touchdown celebration. There is no doubt that I'm picking Micah Parsons just because of his personality the way he is. And he didn't really do anything. I was going to, when he was running it back, I thought, well, first of all, I thought they were going to call him down because, you know, you're watching in real time and you're up in the press yeah. box. You can't really tell, hey, 
Did, did Justin Fields kind of, you know, catch him with a cleat or something? Did he barely touch him, whatever? And but I'm but I for that to be Micah Parsons' first NFL touchdown, I just thought he was going to have something prepared. And there was going to be something wild, and I, it just wasn't. He's going to have to work on that. Now, on TV, I was definitely, I definitely thought, and I was saying out loud, like, I don't think they touched him. But yeah. you're saying you're still expecting, you know, <laughs> it, it to be brought back. You know, it's almost like usually refs blow, blow the whistle there anyway. It's just out of not knowing. <laughs> when he was asked about it after the game, he said that he's like, he thought he was down. And so he stands up and he said that he goes, all of his teammates just start yelling, go, go, go. And he goes, so I went, went, went. And for some reason, the way he said that, it just made me think of like a Forrest Gump. Like, that was it's t- I was going to say, he Forrest Gumped on the celebration, too. He just kept running and running. <laughs> I was running. He just kept, ran out of the stadium, they, basically. They said, go, go, go. So yeah. I went. <laughs> so good, man. Uh, he's great. Now, he, he's, he looks – it's a good week, I guess, for him to get a bye week, probably. He does look yeah. a, little, a little banged up, which – What a – what a – what a monster, though, that he is. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, everything that no matter what happens, you know, whatever, wherever this season goes, who knows? Like, like he is as much as you want to give credit to whoever, Dak, Mike, uh, Mike McCarthy, uh, Dan Quinn. Micah is is the straw that stirs the drink. He changed all of this. He is the reason that if anybody out there thinks that this team is going to make a deep playoff run. I think they're capable of it, but if they end up doing it, it's going to be because of Micah Parsons. It will not be done without Micah. I mean, he just, you can sit there and, and, and think for, you know, whatever. It could be three or four plays. It can be a series, whatever can go by. And you kind of be like, ah, you know, 11 really hasn't done anything. And then as soon as you say that, sure enough, there's just something that he does. And 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 there is there is an aspect of it that makes me think we haven't seen all of whatever he has to offer. And, and that's, I don't think that he gets the veteran type call on like holdings. And I think a lot of Cowboys fans would agree. I mean, there's just a lot of plays where you're kind of like, if this is Miles Garrett, if this is Aaron Donald, this is some guy with maybe a little bit more tenure. Why aren't they calling this stuff? Uh, And maybe it's something that it goes into the off season. Maybe it, maybe it'll take him to win NFL defensive player of the year, which I think he's clearly going to win as long as he stays healthy. But I just don't think he gets the respect from the officials that he deserves. I think that's I think that's really fair, and you see it, you see it a lot um, against guys. For anybody listening, go back and watch the play that he recovers the fumble on. Yeah, he's, he's getting double teamed on the edge there, and and hey, and hats off to him for turning and running and 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 being upfield. But I mean, just that play when you see it from the angle behind Justin Fields, you're just kind of like, man. All right, I guess that's not a hole. They didn't call it, but man, it's damn close. I just think about all the things we were talking about him out of, all right, coming into the draft. It's like, well, Penn State, every once in a while, they would put him in coverage. Or every once in a while, um, like, oh, he might rush the passer a time or two a game. But other than that, and just, I mean, we've, we've talked about this a million times, just the creativity and imagination of someone to go, well, I think he could do all this because... You know what? For as good of a pass rusher he is, I think his best, like the best thing about him is his, like in pursuit. <laughs> when he is flagging someone down, like in that play against Detroit last week. I mean, his pass rush skills are incredible. And he I'm, took that one to the house times, today. I mean, yeah. Didn't he play I mean, running back growing up? up? Yeah. Something like that? Uh, yeah. And, but Which made me up, think that uh, his ball carrying would have been better than it was. I mean, he had that ball out and it was all over the place. He said he played running back, and then they put him at defensive end, and he had like four sacks in the first half or something. And then yeah, he never went back to running back. <laughs> yeah, and, and then He's here's the other thing: like Penn State had Jason Oway as their as their stud DN. So why not put Mike at the other edge rusher spot and just have those two monsters go after the quarterback? I don't know why they didn't do that. And I will say, I always, I will say this for the rest of my life. I I totally believe that the COVID year helped out the Cowboys in that respect because. If he doesn't sit that year out and plays another year at Penn State, I just think he would have been such a game record that there's no way that he falls outside the top five or six. Some team trades up for him if one of the top five or six teams is like, you know, all going for quarterbacks or or, uh, left tackles. I just don't think there's him not playing kind of made, I think, people think. Yeah, he's got some pass rush to him, but he's like your traditional linebacker. And, you know, this is the NFL and we don't take linebackers in the top 10. And it's like. Yeah, well, he's not a linebacker. I mean, that's he that's part of what he does, but 
what he's best at is rushing the passer. Yeah. Can we get yeah. a an offensive package where he jump, runs in there at fullback on the goal line, you know, blow somebody up? So he certainly wants it. He's been asking for that for a while. Has I mean, he really? Could, oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. You could, oh, you could tell after the game. I mean, when Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott were asked about the play, they both, in, in their own way, talked about how bad it was going to be for them in this upcoming week because it was just going to be gasoline on a fire for Micah to continue to ask to try and get a carry. And, and <laughs> he really wants so, to play offense. Oh, Yo, yeah. two-way so player. My, Yo, he, and, and, he might be one of our best. He might just be the best football player on the team. Let's let's throw him on offense, too. Let's Dion. you know? Come on. He's got to get better at the way he's carrying the ball, though. I mean, that that he kind of <laughs> had that bad. ball out there, and I don't know that they... I don't know that they love that. I'm trying. He might I'm, not have known. Like he probably thought he was down too. You know, it was kind of running it in. I don't know. Well, that, yeah, that was all kind of weird. Turnover. You know, this is like a thing of the last five years. Every time there's a turnover, everyone runs to the to the uh, you know opposite end zone and take the t- team picture. Okay, and here we go. Here we a, go. I want to get you guys the exact quote here. All right, this is Mike McCarthy when he was specifically asked about Micah Parsons' fumble return. Micah is such a dynamic player. Those are game-changing type plays, not only to create the takeaway, but to be able to finish it. Obviously very excited, but part of me is annoyed because he wants to be on offense already now. I'm going to have a hard time keeping (laughs) him out of my office. His ball security is awful, so he still needs to focus on defense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm not saying give him the ball and let him run. I'm saying put him in front of Zeke or put him in front of Pollard on the goal line and, you know, have him. Have him so earlier, a, a extra blocker. Well, earlier in the year, Cal Moore was asked about that, and he said that Micah clearly wants the ball if he's going to be in there on offense. So, no, um, that's you can't. I think I think he's got pretty good hands. Maybe you, to your point, Kent. Maybe you bring him in there to block, but he's going to have to show block on on a couple of plays before, and then you just let him leak out and throw him. You know, one of those typical like tight end yep. touchdowns where the guy's wide open. Maybe that happens, but. Uh, He's, I mean, he's just so quick. So, you know, he said it last week. I mean, he doesn't think that there's any defensive lineman or linebacker that's as fast as him. And him and Justin Fields are friends. They've raced many a times. And Micah says there's no question that Micah's faster than Justin Fields. And look how fast Justin Fields is. So, um, I mean, yeah, he's, he's ridiculously athletic. There's no question about it. And when he got up and started running that ball back, I was like, oh, he's going to score. Uh, I just didn't think that it was going to count. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a really, really good game, man. I mean, you can't ask for much more. You do want to tighten up the run defense and things like that. Uh, you know, Hankins, you didn't see him do much. I don't know that anyone no. was expecting him to do much, but he also didn't play a ton. Either. Let's see what the old stat line uh, was here, yeah. KT. Well, we'll Hold on, snap count there. Yeah, let's see, be... old Hankins. I don't have the snap count. I got him with three tackles. Here's and one, and that's it. One question. That's more than I thought. Yeah. Do you think they would have put up 49 with Cooper Rush? Uh, no. Nah. Well, I think. No. This Not at all. This is wh- why you want Dak in there, people. Well, it's I can tell the, you this. The uh, entire, you know, trade Dak community. Yeah, well, this one is, of the notable things. This is why you, you, you want Dak, people. Yeah. One of the notable things that they were doing, particularly in the first half, is they were going that up-tempo offense. I just don't see you doing that with Cooper Rush. You do that with Dak Prescott, and we haven't seen as much of it because, let's be honest, Dak hasn't been healthy. But I don't see them speeding it up to get Cooper Rush in a rhythm. You know, that just that's not really the game plan with him. And I don't know. I just felt like Dak and Dak was really trying to establish Michael Gallup early, and I don't know why, but it just seemed like that help CD kind of ease into the game too, you know, and, and CD played well and, and Gal played well. I, Dad I got the ball out quickly today. Yeah, no, he did. Really, for sure. I want to see his average, you know, time before he threw because he, when he get rushed, he would just throw it. It wasn't rushing out of the pocket or trying to make something happen. He was getting rid of the ball really quick, making really quick reads, at least from yep. what I saw on the YouTube, uh, you know, yeah. melts or whatever. But well, you're saying John too, like the one blemish on his game, it's because they were trying to go up 35 to 14. Yeah. It was, let's put the pedal down. And if that's Cooper Rush, like you were saying, it's, you know, well, let's go ahead and just get it to halftime there, 28-14. You know, maybe maybe we try to get in field goal range. Right. I don't know. So, uh, no, no it was really good. We, hey, we, we can go back and simulate it, and they end up winning by that same score. 
except the difference is that Tony Pollard has like 20 carries and he goes for 215 and five touchdowns. Yeah. Can you just make a comment on Hogan Johns after the game when they were talking about it? They said Tony could go home and doesn't even have to get in the ice bath tonight. Untouched all day. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. Just like hanging out. Take f- a lot of big hits. Yeah, yeah, just let's watch some movies with the family, you know? Yeah. Just I feel great. I was a little surprised he got, he almost got caught from behind on that 54 yarder. He, he almost got tripped up there at the five yard line. I thought he was completely gone and there was a little closing he looked, there. He looked quick, man. Was that, yeah. um, was that Mick, was that McEwen? Uh, Blocking? Who, yeah. I thought it was who Schultz, was but it could have been, it could have been McEwen, but I thought it was Schultz. It wasn't Schultz. No, okay. it wasn't Schultz. It was, it was McEwen 89. Hendershot. Oh, right. no, that's Hendershot. Okay. Whoever it was, if they would have just sprinted, they weren't running as fast as they could. Yeah. If they would have just sprinted, they could have just got in front of that guy. Okay? <laughs> like, yeah. He, I'm, I'm just watching it. It was like, dude, run. Because he had the angle on him. I'm trying and to think who was chasing him. him down. I want to say it was Brisker that was chasing him down, who the uh, safety from Penn State. And he almost got him around the ankles. Yeah, and, and he's, Brisker's definitely faster than the tight end in question. Oh, yeah, Brisker. Uh, was on yeah. That play. Hurt, yeah. Kind but of like on it at the, the end, yeah. Yeah. That was the Brisker. tight end had the angle, though. So he had like the angle on him, and I was like, dude, get go. Like, just run and get in front of him. Okay, small, hold on. I'm watching, I'm watching, it, I'm watching it right now. Uh, it was Brisker, and you are correct, Sean McCune. Yeah. I know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, I just watched the play over again. Yeah, that's who Again, Brisker's faster, but McEwen had yeah, the yeah. clear angle. It's like, dude, go. I'm telling you, it's because I think that everyone just assumes that ah, Tony's just going to blow by him. I mean, he's <laughs> he's ridiculously fast. I don't think that uh, McCune thought that Brisker was going to even close the gap on him. Yeah. And he almost did. Well, he almost tripped him up at the five. We've done but enough. But he probably would have scored on the very next play. Sorry. No, 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 you're good. Um, it's just, just basically going to get us out of here. I mean, we've yep. done enough damage here tonight. 49-29, kind of an odd game. Cowboys hit by week six and two. Jerry said they? if you would have t- told him six and two after Dak went down, he would have walked to Chicago for six and two. So oh, I don't think it. he would have actually missed that done opportunity. That. And I would have been right <laughs> um, by his side interviewing him the entire – no. <laughs> Okay, hold on. What were did the you, Cowboys? Did you, guys, did you guys see Jerry's Halloween costume? By the way, it was making the rounds in social media. Yeah, he dressed up Jerry as a blind Lewis. ref. Oh, a blind but, ref. You know, hey, that's kind of messed up, Jerry. <laughs> he, he definitely. He's not shy about how he feels, right? He's he's not one to. Well, when he keep was asked about inside, it, so he had the stick, and he had on. You know, the the typical ref shirt with a whistle, and then he had sunglasses on. And when he was asked about it, he said he had a lot of fun. Uh, but I'm being very careful here because I'm getting real close to getting a fine. Um, but, yeah, he said that's, that shows you how much he loves the rest because he dressed up like Was he like, like a like full-on him. football ref? Or he could have just been like, yo, I'm, I'm a... I'm an NBA. No, ref. it was a football ref. No, no there's no question. There's a whistle. There's yeah, a whistle. No. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's a football NFL ref. logos and everything. Oh, here. There's, and and speaking, of refs, speaking of refs, um, I, I'll give you something that will piss off Cowboys fans. That okay. was a roughing the passer by Chauncey Golson. I'm sorry. Like, I know the yeah. angle they keep showing on TV. Yeah. There's, there are people think that, that that wasn't, and that was like some ticky-tack call. Like, watching it from the press box was right behind – you know, when the play is going on, as soon as the ball leaves Fields' hands, you just, you're just, yeah, he's going to get hit with that. And two different refs are standing right there. And it was like not even thinking twice. Like, yeah, that's, so you might not like the NFL rules for roughing the passer, but by the NFL rules, that was roughing the passer. You know, on no the, I'm talking about, about on the Trayvon Diggs interception that got called back, you know. Yeah. yeah. TV copy did a terrible job of showing that. To yeah. the audience, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, they st- they still have a good view on it, yeah. and that right. happens. They didn't have a good view, but man, it was. Uh, it's just what the league is now. Quarterback throws the ball. If it's a second or two after, you can't touch him. It right? sucks because it, basically, not, I don't even have a problem with that call. I thought, yeah, from what you can see on there, it's like, yeah, he clearly went high on him. You just can't do that. We all know that the it's NFL is making high. it so your edge rushers just can't pin their ears back and go full speed. So, for example. Yeah. There was the one play where Demarcus Lawrence just blew by Justin Fields, and Fields was like, you know, just very nonchalant, like, 
nope, that's not going to do it. And just kind of stepped around him and whatever. And then on that Golston play too, it's like, it sucks because if you're an edge rusher, you just want to get there as fast as possible. You know, do whatever move you're going to do to get past and get to that quarterback as fast as possible. But in today's NFL, whether you're talking about the, the flags or you're talking about the athleticism of today's quarterbacks, you got to almost like break down in like a defensive stance, like in basketball, um, because you can just so quickly blow by the quarterback. And I just think that's so hard for a guy to do yeah. uh, in, in the NFL to try and slow up or just run up to him with your hands in the air. I mean, you get so few opportunities to really good, put a good shot on a quarterback. And so when you get it, you want to take full advantage of that. I know Troy Aikman took a lot of heat for his comments on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago about the dresses, but like I've, I do not have a problem with how they call roughing the passer in terms of going high or going low. You can't do that. Stop doing it. They've made it clear. These are the rules. The one part of roughing the passer that I have a problem with is the whole full body weight landing on the quarterback. Oh, right. Like, dude, sometimes a defensive tackle running up the middle can't stop his 340 pounds from landing on you. Like, yeah. that's the one. But the hitting high, dude – Get away from their neck. Like, I I don't know what to say to you. Like, you get close. That wasn't, like, it was an unnecessary uh, play by Chauncey Golston, I yeah. thought. So, yeah. I, I'm, uh, but again, if you're Chauncey Golston, how many opportunities do you get to put a, put a decent hit on a quarterback? You don't get very many. And so yeah. when they're there, you're like, I'm taking my, I'm taking my shot, you know? Just go, go a little lower. They give yeah. you a big enough of a target. That one hit you know, it's on, not like um, it's, Kyler, Justin Fields is a tall dude. You know, one hit on Fields by Lawrence later in the game that was just dead on. Yeah, you can almost tell it was so he was so dead in his sights that like Lawrence almost pulled back a little bit. Like, because I don't want to destroy this guy because I will kill him. I will kill this person if I go full speed. Uh, And you, yeah, you don't get those opportunities much. And even when you do, it's like, oh crap, do I really have this clear of a shot at the quarterback? And to me, one of the things that Demarcus Lawrence does best is he plays violent. Right. And it's so hard to just coach that out of somebody like, hey, get real yeah. violent. But then right when you're by him, don't be violent. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess, hey, you know what? I say coach that out of him. But they do it in practice yeah. all the time because oh, yeah. you can't hit the quarterback. So you're going to have to pull up or what? Exactly. Well, generally what they yeah, do in the practice like, is they just this is they run right by the quarterback. I don't know what, what to do. do. Yeah. yeah. They should start hiring a uh, just a person. He signs the the uh, insurance papers, and he's, you can actually hit him in practice. So you he's like XFL guys. Yeah, you can. You don't think some of these that. XFL guys would volunteer to get hit? Sign the liability. I mean, they're in the XFL. Hey, I heard CJ Wilson Marlington was the one. Renegades. I heard CJ Wilson was the one simulating Justin Fields in practice. Really? Oh, in, another interesting point. I, yeah, who did I say? C.J. Wilson, C.J. Wilson of Rangers. Oh, Ranger. yeah, the Rangers, Ranger pitcher. Pitcher. the Rangers pitcher. The Rangers pitcher was at practice. Yeah, he was doing no. It's like that okay, is so an odd choice. Thanks for bringing that to the air, John. <laughs> C.J. Goodwin. Sorry, I, I'm telling you, the only thing worse than that is how much I I mix up Russell Westbrook and Russell Wilson. Um, and there are a lot of similarities though, but I still mix mix them up way too much. Dude, but did you uh, see the Tyler. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, interesting point on the whole running quarterback that. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk of, well, you got to have a player spy. Mike McCarthy uh, mentioned this last week, and it's a very interesting point that, that I, I took out of that is, um, so you spy a quarterback who is a thrower and a runner because they're going to drop back and they could pass or they could, with a guy like a Justin Fields, there were, there's almost that, I'm just going to catch it and I'm, I'm just going to take the snap and run. And so when you have guys that are capable of doing that, Jalen Hurts too, it's a little bit more difficult to have a spy because instead you would rather, you want your defensive line to try and, you have to treat him like he's a running right, back, contained. you know? Yeah. And so the spy yeah. doesn't necessarily work all the time because the player isn't really dropping back and passing as much as yeah. a traditional, like, I don't know, the way he was explaining it made me think of more of like a like a Steve Young who could who would throw but could also run, uh, you know, maybe Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, as opposed to some of these guys today, man, like a Lamar Jackson. They could just take off. They're like a running That's back out there. That's what Fields was doing. Yeah, he would just right. take a, a four, three-step drop, five-step drop, and just go, you know? Yeah. It was no hesitation, like, make a read and then run. It was like, run. Yeah. Right. And, and I think the other thing that might have hurt the Cowboys is if, you know, honestly, they would have played them before that New England game. Because that Monday night game, the success that Fields had on the ground like that, 
there's no question the Cowboys saw that and were like, damn, that was an eye opener. They he was able to do that at, in, in New England and, and blow them out mm-hmm. against Bill Belichick's defense. All right, well we got we better be ready for this, you know. And I think that was kind of an eye opener. Hey, they held Parsons to no sacks, like a couple tackles. I know he had the big fumble recovery, yeah. big, but the way they the approach to double teaming Micah seemed to be working out pretty well up until the end. Well, and everybody will continue to do that, but that means that other people have to make them pay for doing that. It's the yeah. Marcus Lawrence, Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, those guys got to make them pay. Sam Williams, whoever. Mm-hmm. If this guy's getting doubled, all those guys I just mentioned are good enough to beat one man. Someone's sure. got to get home then. Yep. Well, we'll uh, be back uh, in the middle of the week uh, on a bi-week edition. Maybe we do some mid-season awards, any of the uh, latest news, things like that. Halfway through this thing, at uh, at least eight games, right? It's a seventeen game season. It makes it weird that the halfway point is at halftime of the ninth game of the year. I don't like that. Sixteen was a good <laughs> even. Since I'll never understand. Uh, well, I do understand it. I just don't like it. Um, so uh, make sure you're fo- uh, following uh, Father John all week long. Um, I'm sure there'll be some more stuff. Oh, we got some trade deadline coming up here on Tuesday. Oh Casey. my god. Trade deadlines happen Tuesday. Yeah, will the Cowboys taking calls, making calls? Could be something Wish going list. down. Go, go! Bold prediction for a trade. Because we'll probably make deals. we'll probably record after the trade go. deadline. So I can't think of the last time the Cowboys traded for a player that you knew that player beforehand. They've been pretty good about keep. So I'm just going to say wide receiver. I'll just go with the position, but some type of wide receiver. Grady Jarrett. Uh, defensive tackle, Atlanta Falcons. That's an Raymond interesting Hill. one. Okay. A little okay. Dan Quinn connection there. Ooh, a little Dan Quinn like connection. I like this. Uh, Let's get or wild. Or do you go, go get the, uh, uh, DJ Moore's the other name, I think. Who yeah. Brandon Cooks? Team, uh, DJ, <laughs> DJ Moore, Moore just put cost up, his team. Put up a big day. game. <laughs> his price is going to be pretty high after this week. Yeah. yeah, he also took his helmet off after a touchdown, and the kicker missed the extra point. That was a uh, Hail game. Mary, though. That was kind of a big moment. That was nice. Um, uh, I'll go wide receiver, Chase Claypool. too. Yeah. Br- Brandon Cooks, OBJ? Chase Claypool. Well, you could just sign him whenever. That's um, what I mean. But before Tuesday. Here's my issue with the OBJ thing. I would love it for our business and if he is right, he obviously can still make big time plays. And he was a huge part of the Rams' success last year. My thing is, is you've seen with Michael Gallup, a little bit of dealing with some confidence that you got to build back up after that injury. Wondering if they're going to have that with James Washington, who's supposed to be back at least practicing after the bye. O- Odell might be back physically, but when does he feel mentally like he's back to Odell pre knee injury? Let's remember that's the second time now in a row that he's had. Uh, an issue with that same knee. So I just wonder what's his impact going to be. I mean, and I'm, I'm sure they feel the same way, but yeah, obviously if he's all the way back, I mean, yeah, he's super dynamic. I think yeah. Yeah, I don't get the vibe that McCarthy would want that. Either. Yeah, I, think, I, I don't relate either, but I just think they, not they don't like McCarthy giving up picks. So say. that's why I said OBJ. Yeah. Cause they can sign oh. him at any time. Yeah. I just don't, yeah. I don't see the Cowboys trading away any significant draft capital this year. But. Oh, Hey, you know, who else they could sign at any time. Kent, his name is, Cole Beasley. I'm, just, I'm not being serious. They're not signing Cole Beasley. Sorry. He's retired, John. No, they can't. I know. I know. No. And I don't think they need He's a like slot, me. to be honest with you. Yeah, I think they're they're fine there. Yeah. CD Lamb good today as well. I don't know. We didn't mention yeah. him. CD Lamb was very good today uh, when called upon. Very good. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see you later in the week. That uh, There we go. Six and two for our producer, Kenny Garrison. For father, John Bichotta, I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll see you later in the week on About Them Cowboys.